0: Can't let her eyes slide.
1: Never. And a foreign yeah, that shit with the frog eyes. Bad bitch on the net, she be dark guys. I'm to dog that bitch, like some leftovers. And a big boy house caught a chef over, bro, whip her range over. Like a lick to say the least. 15,000 on the fleece. Blue and red like police. Got a bad bitch with a 10 year old son down. Nigga, I a nigga aged by a PlayStation. Put him to the side. Fuck my man in the back. Bend her over, hold her mouth. hold her, take her like a real bitch. Then she went south. Suck your like a pro. Like Follow him like a taste tester on a GoPro. On a GoPro, bitch. Bought the crib, fuck the
0: bank, cause I don't want a don't cash. Y'all, still got the money from that one of hell Hellcat, Red Key, that's too many horses. Ah. In the club with all Franklin's going Georgia. Dirty yes. walking through the airport hoping they don't call the dog. Got the bags. Bitch, I'm just hoping that I thought I'm beefing with your mans, here go 50, take his head off Bang, bro, so fucking sloppy, I can't spread it off wait, 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 We are creeping in the car, they windows down What's that? <laughs> that might be bro, he supposed to pull up with some loud oh, good. They started shooting till them kids go in the house fuck, fuck. They heard that
1: AR make them niggas turn around <laughs> Fuck his bitch in a pretty ass nightgown She get drunk off the Tito's, believe that Fuck that bitch from the back, grab her weed tracks Why these bitches won't vote, Mayan beeswax Make your bitch take my kids to like defects. Put a crease in her back like some work slats i wet, got me feeling like a merman. ARs, AKs, like the Taliban. Tell niggas getting money like the Wheel of Fortune. Used to ride around cracking cars with no 80 minutes. She was really scorching. So my bitch, time I yammer and put uh, her teeth with uh, the uh, fortune. Now uh, she better than uh, some uh, old niggas milk. Niggas talking about what they about to do. Hey, we already in motion. Yeah,
0: Fuck with us, we crack that melon. Fuck with us, we, we ain't. I'm strapped like a Trojan. You know I ain't sparing shit when I start striking no bowling. He say Grizzly, young fuck with me, get out to emotion. Black go will tell you, before we really got to this shit, we spoke it, nigga. Not on prices is the lowest. Ay, low, but man. them show prices, the highest. prices ay, the highest. Man, my heart probably the darkest. Probably bitch, the but our height's probably the brightest, nigga. Tell me Franco make it
2: famous.
3: Down the street Down the street Rockin' Roll me We only roll big ones around here The <laughs> on my feet Happy. I keep the ship on me Yeah, I'm packin' heat And I get money So I'm doin' what I please Don't chase these niggas, got they bitches chasing me Run it up <laughs> it and and refreshing feeds. I Cause I'm stressin' Bracein' Refreshin' they feet Cause now I'm big time. 1080p. Got on the item, our is icy clean, icy clean. With the matching fruity pebbles, what a scene. Big cube. This, I'm like Mike. All stars, popping on the beat, nigga. All bars, all-star. Breaking on these hoes, I want all cars. Bouncing on the dick, a all heart. Got a bitch, small heart, hard, nigga semen. torchin' these hoes, I'm a demon. If he ain't getting money, hoe, just leave him. wish she could fuck me, nigga, must be dreaming. I'm getting to the money.
4: Down me, Got two foreign ambition. It's a threesome These hoes be sticky And he said My diamonds Is a bitch Yours Right Ready right, right. We're back This is the Pussman Podcast Cockboard Radio We go way, way, wait Beyond this my people Stay in the building And I'm so fired up Because Yo Because the NBA season Is is the out of all the seasons, you know, the NFL is is thrilling, but the best soap opera in all the sports, year in and year out, is the NBA. And we got one of the most brilliant minds in the business. We got Coach Drew from Ball Court, the world of basketball. He he has his 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 podcast is one of the most informative basketball podcasts because, as he says, he follows the world of basketball, and I love this concept because i know because when i formed blitz it was about the culture of, of football so we have someone here today you know what i'm saying with that with that with that same state of mind coach Drew, are you with me i have with you what's going on and, man, thank you for having me here man thank and,
2: these, you, thank you.
4: and these smart people are officially in the building yo i'm so fired <laughs> up to have you on here to have you on this show Talk about your podcast a bit But we gotta just jump We're just gonna jump into the teeth of basketball Especially because we're based in Philadelphia I'm based in Philly here I gotta get your your basketball opinion I gotta get from right off the top I gotta get your basketball opinion Of our Philadelphia 76 Sixers. To me, breakdowns Ben Simmons And the chemistry between him and, and Joel Embiid Alright, now
2: Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid Two polarizing players one, who's very quiet and very controlled on the court. Another one, who's very loud, and he's very voiceless. He's trying to change that with Joel Embiid, but I think that's taken away from his game. That is his edge. You mm. know, the fact that he's going he, he, he's like, to... He's like an East Coast version of Draymond Green. He's going to talk to you, but he's also going to put in that work. Right. If he's not talking, he's not working. Point mm. one. So now that he's, got, he's trying to be a little bit more quiet and trying to be a little bit more reserved, He's not Tim Duncan. He'll never be Tim Duncan. He needs to change that mindset, get into the game, go right back to what he was doing. But right now, I am extremely happy about Ben Simmons. He's utilizing the three-pointer. He's not resting on it and 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 uh, relying on it like a clutch, but he utilizes it like a true weapon, and that I'm happy with. I know Philadelphia's happy. I saw when he hit his first three the way Philadelphia went crazy. I thought they were going to shut, shut down the city for a day. But it was like he—he's now phenomenal. i I like what he's doing. Now in the East, he looks good. They're not the best team in the East, and they're not going to be the best team in the East. I don't see them winning the Eastern Conference, but I do see them making the playoffs and making a big push in the playoffs. They have—they have what it takes. But they're missing a few pieces. I think they need to make some big moves during the tra- before the trade deadline, and then they could be right in there with contention with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, all
4: right, all right. I, I I gotta stop you, coach. <laughs> I, I I gotta stop you for a second, man. We, we gotta we gotta talk some basketball real quick. All right. So what, yep. you said, what you said was that Ben Simmons utilizes the three. Ben Simmons has only taken like four threes all season. I think he's made two. I mean, like, really, the, the frustrating part with the Sixers right now is that Simmons, the frustrating thing with Simmons right right now is that he doesn't take enough shots. Or even look look at the basket. Now, he had a great game. Like, he's going to have games against Detroit, as he did yesterday, where he had, like, 14 points, uh-huh. you know, 13 boards, 17 assists. 17 assists is, is remarkable no matter how you grab them. But the point... That that frustrates Philadelphia fans in, in regarding Simmons is that one they never play the two man game with him. B because they can't run pick and roll because Simmons can't really extend the defense because he doesn't shoot. And number two is that Simmons, when he is in the flow of the offense, he doesn't know how how to create shots for himself that are outside of the paint. And and, and, and what that does is you have a point guard who's 6'11 who does not shoot and within B you have a, a guy who likes to play on the wing at 7'2 and it makes it disjointed for guys like Al Harrington and, and Tobias Harris who actually plays fundamental style basketball when you have these two different polarizing as, as you said players that just plays the game in, in such a different way than their skills you know
2: mandate you dig what I'm saying The thing is, is he doesn't need to take a whole bunch of threes. He's the type of player that needs to get into the middle, that needs to create that in the middle. He's like, in a way, he's kind of like a backwards LeBron James. When LeBron James first came into the league, he was showing that he could dominate getting into the middle and creating for his players. But everybody thought he couldn't create as much or he was over-creating because he was uh, not taking the clutch shots. That's similar to what's going on with Ben Simmons. They feel that he's over in a way and given more life to uh, to other people on the court instead of creating it for himself and creating those outside shots for himself. Right. But think about this. He's, he's an Australian player. In Australia, they play the game in uh, in the correct fashion. They don't rely on the three-point as much as we do in the United States. They take the ball to the hole a lot more, similar to how it was in the 90s. So you take Ben Simmons, give him. You take Ben Simmons and put him in the '90s. He's a threat because he's going to the basket. He's creating more shots. He's not taking a whole bunch of threes. Back then, we didn't take a whole bunch of threes. What, Larry Bird was taking what four a game, you know, and he was considered one of the higher He was like one of the high, uh, more high end shooters taking that four a game. Now it's different. You got people like James Harden taking fifteen. Right. You got uh, your Steph Curry's out there taking fifteen. But with Ben Simmons, what he needs to do or what he's doing is he's actually trying to incorporate that old school of basketball with that new school that uh, Joel Embiid is doing, which I really don't like that with the bigs, all bigs moving out away from the paint. I don't like that myself. No, not at all. It it doesn't create that two-man game between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons.
4: And, and, and that's what the advantages feel. are with the size. If you can create the two man—I'm sorry, just to jump in—but if you can create the two man game with, with the size, then you're playing to your strengths, mm-hmm. and most teams can't match that. You know what I'm saying?
2: No, they can't. You see what's going on in LA with uh, with A- um, Anthony Davis and LeBron James? Exactly. It's the same. They pretty much the same makeup over there. But the problem is, is. Right now, Joel Embiid, is not he doesn't roll off he doesn't roll off of a pick strong. Mm, you know? He, he pick and pop a lot. Right. Think about it, he pick and pop. And with with a, uh uh Joel Embiid and, and players like that are, that are that much bigger than their counterpart pick and popping, they're hurting. They're hurting the team by right. picking and popping. And. So it's not, it's not so much Ben Simmons why they can't do that. It's the style that Joel Embiid plays with. He's not gonna go down there unless he's talking to you. Mm. If, if, he, if he has not made if he hasn't made a reservation in your head and where he's actually living there for the game and he's staying there for the game, he doesn't even want to go down into the paint. Think about that. Right. How many, How much time he's away from the paint if he's not talking and bullying the person down there? I, I agree. He has to have that mindset that he's gonna bully. He he needs to be more. To be honest with you, he needs to be more like an Elijah. Wong. Exactly. Elijah. Wong, the reason why Elijah Wong was so scary away from the basket because they knew what he could do close yeah. to the basket.
4: Exactly. That's because just they just had, had to push him to, away
2: from the basket because if you had him in the
4: post, <laughs> it was automatic. You know what I'm saying? So teams pushed exactly. Elijah Wong away yeah, from the basket. The exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You you they, are so right about they, that.
2: No, 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 you good. <laughs> they because the thing is, so right. They, Joel is willingly moving away from the basket. Right now, if I'm a coach, I'm a coach in the NBA, and I see this. Oh yeah, I'm gonna let him live. Shoot, shoot that 25 foot. Shoot that 20. Shoot that 18 foot. I'm I'm happy with that. I don't want you down here in the paint. I do And more teams are comfortable with that. That's why they're allowing him to shoot it. Right. That's why they're allowing him to take it. And because of that, that takes away. Because you got to think about it. You have your sender out 18 feet away from the basket. Even if even if Ben Simmons is creating for himself, is that a smart shot? Is that a smart shot to take okay. that three-pointer with oh. your sender 18 feet? Away
4: okay, so you, you, you are tapping into something great right now because that's my point. My point is that the coach seems to think that that's a good shot because they are giving Joel an 18 18- 20-foot jump shot, and they, and, and because uh, the Sixers know that he can make those shots, those aren't the more high-percentage shots. You want him to shoot those, you want him to take those shots within the paint. Those are the those are the higher-percentage shots. That's why they're giving you the 18-footer, because the other shot is, yeah. more, is more difficult. So don't think that's a good shot because they're giving it to you, and because you, you think he can
2: make it. That's not the best shot on the court. Yeah. No, it's not. And what Ben Simmons is trying to do, and this is why Philadelphia fans absolutely hate him, he keep on going into the paint, he keep on attacking the basket, and they're like, "Well, we got we got Joel Embiid out there. Why don't you pass it to him, or why don't you go out there and send Joel Embiid to the basket? Joel Embiid's not going to do that unless he's talking to you. You put him in, a, man. You put him in a game with Al Horford or something. You know, it's Al Horford. I'm sorry." You put him in a game with uh what's it called? that boy that he always getting into it with? Uh, a
4: uh,
2: uh, drummer. Uh, drum, uh,
4: drum, you know, drumming. drumming. Yeah. Or
2: Anthony Davis. Kills Anthony Davis. He kills Anthony, Anthony
4: Davis. He kills Anthony.
2: He kills Anthony Davis. He will fight because because it's a it's an ego thing. He's gonna fight, but if not, he's gonna go with what's comfortable to him. Right. He's just like every other basketball player. We're gonna they're gonna settle for what's comfortable. If you're not comfortable playing against this person, you're not gonna take a risk. But there's those few basketball players in this world that one percent of basketball players—the Kobe, the Michael Jordan, the uh the uh, what's that boy named Charlie Murphy? Not Charlie Murphy. I'm sorry, uh Calvin Murphy? You know, these players—they don't care about your size. They don't care about the. They don't care about anything. They're gonna go in there and score that basket. That's their mindset. Yeah, Joelle. He was the leader of this. He don't <laughs> care about nothing else but scoring that basket. When he played at Georgetown, when he played for Bethel, when he played in the NBA, that's the only thing he was concerned with. I'm going to get that basket. I don't care your size. Right. Joel Embiid, big as he is, <clears throat> inside, he's a little man. Think about it. Inside, he's a little guy. That's crazy. Stop it. I, know, I know this is a hot take, but stop and think about this. If he feels he cannot beat you, he will shoot on you just like
4: that little guy at the YMCA. Wow, that's a good... That's real great stuff right there. Because you make a a great... You made a great point. Right. Say that again? I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) You know... Say that that point point again. Say that point again. Say that point again. You
4: made a good good point at the end that I, I didn't catch.
2: Yeah. If he's like... What it is, is if, he's, if he knows he's bigger than you, he will get in there and bully you. If he feels, he can bully you. But if he feels you have an advantage over him, he's going to be like that little guy at the YNCA, and he's going to pull up and shoot over you. Wow. You know? Yeah.
4: That's that's why, some telling stuff right there.
2: Did, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you the truth. He is the process. That's why his nickname is The Process. He is the process. Once he realizes that he is the biggest man and the strongest man on the court every single night, or once he believes that every single night, I guarantee Ben Simmons' three-pointers will go up, their wins will go up in Philadelphia, the court will be spread, and everybody will play honest. Wow. Because the defense don't have to play honest right now. Big men don't have to go into the paint when they play against Philadelphia. It's great. Right? I was a big man. I would love to play against Philadelphia. I don't have to be in the paint bumping bodies. I get a night off. Right, you know, yeah, and, and and guards, you don't have to worry about unfinished shooting because of this. You get a night off too. Everybody gets a night off. Right, it's just
5: a
4: bailout. I mean, I I, I tell people all the time is like the reason why people are giving up threes to Joel, because you're bailing out every time you do that, you bail out the defense. You you totally bail out the defense. Coaches are going to willing to feed. So so let's look, look into so. I don't know if you had a chance to assess Brett Brown as a coach, but do you think that Brett Brown is the coach that can push this team to to the next level?
2: Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I I don't feel he's I feel he's too much of a player's coach. He I I feel he's more concerned with being liked than being than, than being uh, accomplished. Right, he's not one of those coaches that it's going to be my way. I don't care. It's going to be my way. Right, he's one of those coaches that hey, it's going to be my way. If it's okay with
5: y'all, <laughs> right, you know? right. And
4: he's talking to everybody. <laughs> wants to be liked by everybody. Right, exactly. He hasn't made yeah. down the law at all on that on that, on that team. He's too much like like a dad to these guys. You know what I'm saying? And and he's not willing to give tough love.
2: And and the thing is, in the NBA. Every person is getting paid. You are all getting paid. You are all professional athletes. You are the top 5% athletes in the world, even number 15 on the bench, you know? Right. You're all getting paid. What do you do, use to motivate them? You got to use the love of the game, the passion of the game, the, the pride of the game to motivate them. And if you're sitting there playing favorites and, and trying to be everybody's friend, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to have a great locker room, everybody's going to smile, but you're not going to get a lot of wins.
4: Right. You're not going to win the games you need to win. Right. Because no one's not going to trust your system. Because God's going to be out there trusting in their ability and not the system, and that never works. It never works that way.
2: You can't can't effectively put a system in place and keep on changing it to make sure everybody's comfortable. Stop and think about this. You know, i got kids. If I put if I put rules down in the house of what I'm supposed to do, it's like eh, I don't feel like washing dishes today. They're like, Okay, well you don't have to. Then everybody else is gonna strike on strike their rules to this field that they don't have to.
5: Right.
4: You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what Brett Brown got going over there. He got a bunch of spoiled kids.
4: That, yo, you know? So and, So true. So true.
2: So he the one or two things is gonna have to happen, either they're gonna have to switch to coach or they're gonna have to get ninety nine one one in there. <laughs> See what they could do. They can turn things around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah.
4: I mean, the, I don't want to trade the players. I think you need, need to put a different voice yeah. in the locker room. You don't want to get rid of the talent, okay. but you do want to have a system where you, where you hold guys accountable.
2: They need a uh, they need a coach that say this is going to be my way. D- look at D'Antoni. Right, D'Antoni. His style of coaching has been criticized for, what, the last 25, 30 years? And he is so adamant that this works. He, no matter what team he gets hired on, this is what he implements. Right. That running, good, same thing. And everybody like, well, it doesn't work in the playoffs. Don't work in the playoffs. He's like, Watch. It's just that once everybody buys in, it will work again. And he made a good point everybody bought in originally when they were at uh when he was in with phoenix Phoenix, it worked and now you can see he's working now yeah i mean brad brown don't have that i mean you don't have a system that everybody can buy into right
4: that everybody can buy into i I, I totally agree i totally agree And and to say that the the D'Antoni system doesn't work, I mean technically the Golden State system is grafted off of that model, and that system won you know three rings. You know what I'm saying? So to say that the, uh, to uh, to say that you know that that the D'Antoni system it didn't work. What it did is it expanded. It actually became. Like he made like the uh the Rockets and that Sun system made the Golden State system possible. You dig what I'm saying?
2: The Golden State system works because it's Dan Tony's offense, Greg Popovich's defense. Defense,
5: right. Right.
2: It,
4: <laughs> right. So, so true. Dan Good call Tony works
2: you need Popovich's defense, or you need a solid defense. Right Now, Greg Popovich's mind on defense was so advanced that right now, think about it, every Popovich disciple, and, I'm, and you know, because he has millions of them out there, because on Father's Day, his, I'm, I'm assuming his mailbox should be full on Father's Day, because all those little Popovich sons that he has out there, they all run the same defense. And the thing is, his defense is so, so advanced. It still works. Every team runs it. It still works. And you will see. You play. Think about it. In the heyday of uh, Popovich, it was you were to struggle to get over hundred with them. You know what I mean? Right. But they will. They can score on you. But now, like, if he's Kerr. Steve Kerr was the right man to put in there, because Steve Kerr, remember, Steve Kerr played under Dantoni and played under Popovich.
5: Right.
2: He knows the system. So when he put his thing together, he had that, throwing a couple of triangle plays, you gotta you got a pretty much a system that's that nobody can beat. You got the top three coaches. He he played for or coach or coached with the top three coaches outside of John Wooden. Uh, three of the top four coaches he coached with. Yeah. You know
4: what I mean? Yeah. Or, or, or play for.
2: Or play for. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Played play for or coached with three of the top four coaches. There was no... And, and then his assistant coach, his father was with the number one coach in the world. His father was a disciple of the number one coach, his assistant coach, with Luke Walton. Because, you know, Bill Walton was... Uh, uh, John Wooden disciple. So you have all of these coaches, these this all of this basketball <laughs> knowledge
4: in one. Oh, he's like the Jedi of coaching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> he's like when the, the Jedi Temple of coaching, right there. And then, and then gave it made it makes Steph Curry Luke Skywalker.
2: You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It was like that. It was like that Chinese flick when the Wu Tang Clan hooked up with the Shaolin Sword Style, and they came together. It was like, "What? What's going on here?" Right, right. Yeah, that's, right. Yeah, that's exactly. What it was. <laughs> and so, I, when I sit when I sit back and I look at everything with Brett Brown, you you don't have enough of a system that you're going to change this around. Right. This is not going. You. I would even put in. Even though David Black's working as a uh, an assistant right now with um in New York, he's just an executive over because he can't travel. How can I have a David Black style Princeton offense over this Brett Brown offense that he has? Because his style is not working for the players that he has. Right. So you either have to change the players or change the coach. Right. I I, I think this,
4: I think the the game on Christmas Day. Is going to be a, a telling sign for this team uh, against Milwaukee. I mean, break down the Bucks. Like, are, like are, are they just head head and shoulders over everybody in the East, or are are there any real contenders outside of you know Philadelphia? Uh, to
2: be honest with you, the Bucks is a West Coast team that, has that happen to have an East Coast address. Okay, they're, they're built like a West Coast. Team. They they have length. They have power. They have range. They they have two Anna Combo brothers who are, who apparently are trying to one up each other every game. Well, one they is one is the one game. is the best
4: player in the league.
2: Yeah, and the <laughs> other one he's fine. He he up there trying he 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 making a name for himself. You know, I, I, I,
4: like, I agree, but the other dude is like maybe like the best like he other yeah. he might be the best player in the league right now I mean like Giannis he is, is playing at a he is the most go ahead he's the
2: most he's the most efficient he's the most efficient athlete in the league mm, he does he does that's a really he does player. so much more with little think about this he could come down on court on 10 steps yeah, he's not. He's, yeah. he, it might He be has ten
4: steps or less.
2: less. <laughs> if he had a Fitbit on, he would not even get his steps for the whole game. They would be like, "Hey, bro, you need to you need to go jog after the game because you didn't get all your steps." Because I'm gonna tell you, he is the most efficient. He's one of the most efficient players to play. And I'm not talking about just the percentages and just the numbers. I'm talking about in the way he the way he uh, gives off his energy he can play a whole game, easy. I can see him being the next the next Wilt-level character. The next Wilt-level player, if you will, you know? Because it doesn't take a lot for him to do a lot.
4: Dang, think about it. Really that's a really good analytical To like, 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 break that down a little, a little bit deeper, like, if you can.
2: Uh, it, think about this. He, in a quiet game, if he plays a game where he doesn't do a lot, and it's just a, uh, he had a quiet game. He drops a twenty five and ten or a twenty five and twelve. Right. In a quiet game. So even if he's not getting noise, if he's not dropping five, three pointers in a game, he's still walking away with a twenty five point game and a twelve rebound game. And possibly eight, seven, eight assists, easy. Without him trained. So if he tries, he guarantees takes over every game. 'Cause you gotta think about it. You gotta think about it. Every game he plays, in any game he plays, just adding fouls and rebounds in any quarter, he could go seven points with just being fouled and just him getting put back shots off a rebound.
5: Right. Right.
2: That's not acting in his three. That's not adding when they set up when they set up when they come down. Him alone is an offense. He is, he is literally what LeBron was to every team that LeBron went to. You notice that every time LeBron went to a team, they added 20 wins automatically. They just came out to add, but we're adding 20 wins to them. They're, this team is out of he He is 20 to 25 wins for anywhere. So you have that on there. Then you have the, all the pieces that they have around them, the Lopez brothers, which has been a staple in, as a... Uh, they've been a staple on every contending team in the West and the East for the last what five, six years yeah yeah that's solid so the the low, you got both Lopez brothers on the team alright you this team is made to go you got, you got go Matthews East. Middleton <laughs> is nice you know
4: what I'm saying here's My, the crazy part about it if over it's nice Bledsoe's
2: not injury shows not back from injury yet though right <laughs> It's, that's what I'm saying. It's I, like this team is a West Coast team that has an East Coast address. There's no team competing with them in the East because we all know you go into the East. It's it's a relaxed game.
4: It's a relaxed. And that's the reason why
2: they try
4: to, Well, the game in Philly on on the on Wednesday is not going to be a relaxed game. That's going to be an intense contest between. A team who who looks to be the best in the East, and a team who is trying to be the best in the East, in the Sixers. So you got to think that and that's when ego.
2: Embiid is going to play hard because of ego,
4: right? So that's but, the game where Embiid's M- going to show out. Hopefully, hopefully, but hopefully. does that matter against because, Giannis? Because Giannis is just so. You made one of the most. Captivating, like he's the most efficient athlete you've ever seen. Like that's a really good
2: comment. Yeah, it's a really good comment. Think about this: no matter what happens, he will get his forty-five. He will get forty, no matter what.
5: Hmm.
2: It doesn't matter if Joel Embiid shows out; Giannis gets forty. If he don't, Giannis gets fifty. You know, I'm, I'm I'm gonna put it like this: George Gervin said this. All right. But this is how I feel about Giannis. Giannis don't have to guard nobody. They hire people. They pay people to guard Giannis. You right. know what I am mean? saying? They pay Giannis to score. And still, he will guard people as if that is his sole job. Right. You know what I mean? He covers so much ground. As exactly. It's crazy. So, you're talking about a person playing both ends. Joel Embiid is not ready for that. I guarantee Joel Embiid is going to come out. Ego blazing, in that first quarter he's gonna take it inside. After he realizes that the defense is real, the offense is real, and this guy is ready to play, I guarantee you he's gonna he's gonna start setting up for his 18, his 20 foot shots and stuff like that. He's gonna back away from the outside. He will get scared this game. This game is gonna make him realize that. Either this game is going to make Philadelphia realize either Brett Brown's system is not working, or this roster
4: is not ready. (laughs) Right, right, right. I think this is the defining game for Brett Brown for right now as the coach here and now. uh, Before we get any deeper in 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 in, 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 in trying to figure out what's going down with with Ben and then B, especially in these big time games, we have to realize that you know if, if, if. is Brett that guy I think there's more pressure on Brett Brown in this game coming up than in any game since, like since a mm-hmm. playoff game because this game is going to prove and say hey like are, do you have these guys prepared to play against a team like this because this is what it's going to be like in the playoffs you know what I'm saying and and I, 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 I just don't know you know, I, you know I just don't think so <laughs>
2: I'm laughing. I don't trust me. I don't wish nothing ill
4: on any any coach or anything. But I laugh because it sounds to me like Brett Brown might get fired for Christmas. They might wait the day after Christmas to fire him. All right, all right. So let's talk about. All (laughs) right,
2: you going to move it on?
4: We're going. We're going to talk about the West for a second because we want to talk about the West for a second because the West is hot. is loaded. Just tell me your two top teams in the West, because there are four that really stand out. But it down to two. All
2: right, my two top teams in the West. Right. All right, first, I'm going to go ahead and speak from a position of bias. I'm a Lakers fan. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and put Lakers in one of them, you know? <laughs> but, unfortunately, it helps me in my stomach to say the number two. 'Cause it's the Clippers. I feel like the Clippers is a great put together team. They're a team designed for the way the NBA is today. Right. i I'm talking the whole playoff system, the um, the the way the load management works, everything. The way all the faults of the NBA, the things that we hate about the NBA, the long range shooting bigs, everybody coming up the court you know they Hit in shots, the stars that move, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Every complaint that we had about the NBA over the last five, six years, the Clippers have now embraced it and made their team that team. Mm. Did, think right. about it. Think about it. Remember a couple of years ago when we were talking about uh, Popovich doing load management? Right, exactly. Now, when we talk about load management, we talk about the Clippers. We talking about. Remember, we were talking about uh, big men shooting threes. Now you got uh, you got Harold cu- p- pulling up from everywhere. Oh, oh Harold! It's been it's been awesome. <laughs>
4: it's been amazing,
2: amazing. <laughs> yeah, he but he's been amazing since because uh, 'cause he's been killing from over the summer. Did you get to see him in um, uh, uh with him in, when he went against Lonzo Ball? Oh my God! What was the tournament over the summer? I covered it too, and like. It escapes me right now. It's like the biggest tournament for the summer. Where, where oh. the pros go against the amateur. Uh, it's not uh, the, 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 the part.
4: Oh, okay. Alright. Which, which one?
2: Uh, huh?
4: Don't worry about it.
2: Nah, don't. Yeah, okay. It'll <laughs> come, come,
4: come to you. It'll come to you.
2: <laughs> but, my, but he dominated. He was one of the most aggressive players. He's been doing great things all season. But, and then, But every complaint we had about the NBA, it seems like the Clippers have embraced. Think about it. Star switching. star switching. Remember they talked about LeBron James. They talked about uh, right, right. right yeah. uh, Duke, and who does it? Kawhi. To the Clippers. With Paul George. Going to the Clippers. Right. <laughs> you know? True. It's like every draw about the NBA, the Clippers have embraced. But they've done it in a way to make sure that they're ready for the championships. They don't care. They they have been one of those teams to openly say the regular season does not matter to us.
4: Especially everything that it I, <laughs> I mean yes. if ahead. the think about this. If the Lakers and the Clippers, right? Think about it. like the way the Clippers say that like we got better odds of playing the Lakers in in the finals. So why would we stress getting home court advantage when we're going to have to play the Lakers at home anyway. Like, we don't go nowhere. Like, this thing, with the, I mean, because the Lakers and the Clippers are, are, are good, right? And if you're the Clippers, you're being in the fourth seed yeah. doesn't really matter to you because of the fact that if you play the Lakers in the second round, you play at home anyway. There's no home court between the exactly. Lakers. It don't, there is no
2: home court. You think what I'm saying? Exactly.
1: exactly.
2: And, and, that's the, and that's the beauty of it. See they, what the Clippers have done. They're saying the current way the NBA is structured, with their playoff structure, with their rules, where how they play the game, the way it's structured, even how you, with how they, uh, with how they officiate the game, the way it's structured now, is that all they have to do is follow those steps, borderline everything, and we're good. We don't have to fight to be your number one team going in. Because if we're the number four team, we can make a run at it and it'll be an easier route to the finals than being the number one team. You understand?
5: Well,
4: not necessarily because one will play four. So, one, if one wins and four beats five, that means one plays four in the second round. Or ideally, two will play three. So, if I'm the, I don't know.
2: You know what I mean? but if you're supposed to be the number if you're supposed to be the number one and you play down, that means there's other teams that are weaker that's ahead of you, As well as there's other teams that are weaker that is behind you. So regardless of how it plays out, if there's an upset early, you you pretty much walk into the finals. Because you're a number think about it, you're a number one team playing down to a number four. Right.
4: Right. right. But they have home home court. That that means those two so let's say for example the Rockets in Denver, right? So you're trying to say that it, it it's so is is more beneficial for the uh the clippers to be the fourth seed than, than than to be at three or number two. I'm saying I'm saying it's still no, valuable to be at two or three. No, it's more beneficial
2: to be a five or six seed
4: Ooh, okay, I hear what you said. To
2: be okay,
1: a six seed, I, I, six I, 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 I definitely
4: understand the six seed thing. If yeah, only, only if, only, only, only if it's going to, only if you are completely hundred percent healthy going into the playoffs. I understand the six, the six seed, uh, the six seed idea. But if you, if you
2: utilize in load management, why shouldn't you be? No, Right, true Think about it He's going to play 25 games less than everybody else already And so is Paul George You know this You know that their stars are going to be playing less basketball than everybody else So why not Why not go in as a six seed and tip your way right into the finals
3: hmm.
2: Think, Look how difficult the West is Every top team, every team above you that's just stronger than is going to be beating up on each other. So when it comes to you, you have load management on your side. You have your two top players healthy. You have a cast of supporting supporting cast members that don't care about fouling out or getting thrown out the game. They just want to stop you and stop your best player and irritate your best player. And then you got Sweet Lou Williams. Why not
4: coast in on the 50? I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, listen, the Clippers are, as you said, they're, they're a very well put together squad. They have all the components. I just think that the combination of LeBron and and uh, and uh, Anthony Davis is just is better. I think my... I think the Lakers. It... I think they're better than than the Clippers. I just think they are.
2: I think that in a seven-game series, which would be the absolute best seven-game series of this decade, but I think in a seven-game series, the Lakers win four games to three. So do I, yeah. Yeah, I think they win four games to three, but I think it's going to be absolutely the best series you will ever see of basketball. Now, here's what has to happen. They have to find something. To go ahead and and nullify sweet Lou Williams. And you know what that is? It's sitting in Seattle right now. They can run right over there and pick it up. It's called a Jamal Crawford.
4: <laughs> Everybody wants to pick up Jamal Crawford, yo. Fans in Philly went Jamal Crawford. Every team if you're a good team, you want your guy you went your squad to pick up Jamal Crawford. Cooper's fans want to Mar Crawford. Everybody wants to Mar Crawford on their squad.
2: <laughs> but I'm going to be honest. Everywhere, think about anywhere he can go. Where will he be valued the most? And that, the reason why he'll be valued at the Lakers the most is because he is the sole person who nullifies Lou Williams. <laughs> Who learned this X-Factor? Think about this. He is, he is such an he's a, he's a crazy X-Factor. Who could shoot? Who could? Who could do all of that? But how like, was Crawford going to nullify part? Williams?
4: How was Crawford going to nullify Lou? Because he he can't, he can't match him with not, buckets. Can't oh yes, he can.
2: Remember Jamal Crawford's last game he played, he dropped fifty-one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
4: know, I know, Jamal Crawford can still get buckets, but uh, man, I mean, listen, I, I I think Crawford on the Lakers makes a ton, ton of sense. Point, but everybody's yeah, team, went, every every went like tomorrow the in the league, huh? Say it again. Yeah, and Jamal Crawford, he averaged
2: seven point four points a game last season. Right. He had um, he was and he was coming off the bench for the Suns.
4: But Lou, Williams 20. 20. But Lou Williams
2: averaging 20. Lou Williams averaging 20. I mean, he's having 20 points a game. Up, but think about it. If you match up Lou Williams against Jamal Crawford, that nullifies that 20. The thing is, nobody in the league nowadays has the moves like Sweet Lou Williams. The only person who has moves that are similar to Sweet Lou Williams, hands down, is Jamal Crawford. So the fact that he can read that, the fact that, and by the way, it was the Drew League. The Drew League. The Drew League, right. Yeah. It's your league. Yeah, it's your league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thinking about Jamal Crawford in the Drew League, uh, But the only person who could actually match up move for move with Lou Williams is Jamal Crawford, that is his sole person in life that he can defend move for move. And think about this. Think about this. The only thing that the Lakers is missing right now on the West Coast is somebody who's going to put the opposing team, the opposing guards, in foul trouble. They got their bigs going into foul trouble constantly because you got Anthony Davis, you got uh, Dwight Howard down there. You know what I'm saying? You got these guys beasting, doing some big guy things. You know what I mean? Even they're down there doing their thing. But you don't have nobody to put um, – their guards in foul trouble. So you get a Jamal Crawford king of a four-point play. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. They will have guards scared to play up because they're scared of getting in foul trouble. Then you have bigs scared to play tight against Anthony Davis. You put in Jamal Crawford, they make an absolute run and the only team that's going to uh, go with them is going to be the Clippers. And with Jamal Crawford and they're going against the Clippers, I tell you, in a series guarantee I'm calling Lakers in six, not even seven. I'm calling them in six. They
4: oh, they just, them just oh, if they had Crawford, it's Lakers in six. I got you. Okay. I'm with you. They have Crawford? I don't Lakers know. I might Lakers I might I go six. Clippers if they had Crawford. I think, I, I mean, I like Crawford. I, I, mean, I, like I, <laughs> I did not think Crawford's old, man. He's 40 years old. I like Crawford. He can still get their buckets, but I, I think that you know, Lou Williams is still getting six-man of the year, winning, you know what I mean, scoring 20 points a game, shooting, he's shooting the ball, you know, 40, 40, 40% from three. You know what I'm saying? I, I know Jamal was nice in his day. Jamal's a great, great player. But Lou Williams going to cook Jamal right right now. If they, if, if, if that's what the Lakers are depending on them to, to win the finals, if Jamal Crawford is what the Lakers need to win the finals, they're not going to win the finals. We're not going to the
2: finals. Think about this. Three months ago, I had the same conversation about Carmelo Anthony. Now, let me ask you, you, who would you want, Lou Williams or Carmelo Anthony on your team, right now, today? I want
4: Lou Williams.
2: (laughs) Over Carmelo, right
4: there? Right now, yeah. And I love Melo. Carmelo? Listen, listen. You don't like Carmelo? I love Carmelo. But if I want somebody right now, because I know for for my team right now, I think Lou Williams is a slightly better player than Carmelo. Carmelo's still very, very, very good. Lou Williams is a six man of the year, back to back. He averages twenty. He averages twenty something points a game coming off the bench. I, I, I think you underestimate how good he is. I'm not trying to dis Carmelo. I'm poor Carmelo. Not as good as Carmelo. Listen, I love Carmelo. I'm not dissing. This is not a diss because I would take Lou Williams over Carmelo. Yeah. It's not a diss to Carmelo. Carmelo, at one point in time, yeah. I would take Carmelo over Lou Williams all day. I would take Carmelo's career over Lou Williams' career. Carmelo's one, one of the greatest top 50 players, I think, of all time. So I love Carmelo. I think he's a great, great player. But right now, today, today, and I even give the Carmelo debt for coming back after being banished for a year for no apparent reason, other other, other than like the media was just hating on him for no reason. Because Carmelo, every time I've already seen him, he's always appeared to be a gentleman on and off, like going and off off, off off the court. I don't know all this. Like he's a he's a he got a bad attitude. I've never seen that. I always defended Carmelo. But right now, today, Uh, I would take Lou Williams.
2: That's a strong take. That's a strong take. Let me ask you, why? Why would you take Lou Williams over Carmelo Anthony or Jamal Crawford right now? Oh, 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 well, Lou is just, listen, I think he's a better,
4: listen. Depending on what your team needs, but Lou is an efficient scorer. He's a facilitator. He can dominate quarters. Lou Luke, Luke can also, uh, he, he, he's also an assist guy. So what I'm just trying to say, I mean, so I'm just saying that Crawford is cool. I mean, Crawford used to be able to do those. The things that Lou Williams are, is doing right now, Crawford was great doing those things like eight, seven, six, five, six years ago. Lou Williams is just great at doing it now. Crawford can probably do it in spurts, but Lou Williams can do it for like 30 minutes. Minutes a night. If he had to, Crawford can only be effective for like twelve to fifteen minutes a night. So, so while like Crawford can go at Lou hard for fifteen minutes, Lou, feel, Lou still got fifteen more in his body to go at Crawford because he is forty and Lou is only thirty-one. You dig what I'm saying? And, and it's not that's not a knock on Crawford. You know what I'm saying? That's not a knock on on, on Melo because I, I can get twenty-five good minutes from Carmelo, and I know he can still. Rebound and shoot and play and play ball but I'm just trying to say that Lou Williams is the best six man in the league. The best. He's been the best six man in the league for like three straight years. And his role has been defined as being a six man. The same way the microwave, he came off the bench uh, um, um, um for, like for like for the pistons. And Robin before that. It's like I mean, and, and Robman right after that. They have a defined role as being that guy off the bench to provide whatever that team needs to be successful to maintain intensity, flow, scoring, whatever that team needs, that's why that person is six man in the year and Lou Williams is the best at it in the, in the NBA so that's why I can't say that Crawford if he was put in that role would have that, would have that title and, and, and Mello, while he's been dynamic and great this year I don't think that he is the best at anything in, in his in his, in his his current role I think he's very very good but he's not the best well Lou Williams is the best six man in the league but he has a thing
2: though you don't need Jamal Crawford to come off as a sixth man. You need limited minutes from him. You still have Avery Bradley. You still have a lot of other players that you will put in before him. What you need from Jamal Crawford is that extra boost, that extra limited, the extra boost coming off that, that uh, he, pretty much what you want from him is similar what they have from him in uh, Phoenix. He was 7.4 points a game. He came off in limited minutes to do big things. That's what you need from him. Limited minutes to do big things. At age of thirty eight, he could still play the game clearly, and I understand thirty one. That's a huge difference, because I, I know when I was thirty when I was thirty one, compared to now, it was completely different the what I was playing. So I can clearly understand that, but my thing is with Jamal Crawford what he would bring and that's why I say the only team that I could see him going to is a team like the Lakers is what he would bring is those limited minutes to do big things. That's what the Lakers have to give. They don't have <laughs> they don't have I heard what in, you're saying that's a good as point as right in. there I, I give you that. You know because I'm, every other team that he goes to he's going to be asked to contribute a lot more. He's going to be like hey you go here you're going to have to to do. Think about it. If you went, to, if he goes to Philly, he's going to be asked to do things he cannot do. Right? True indeed. True indeed. True, like you
4: know, he play like play the point. They like that's not what he does exactly.
2: He he can't. My thing is the reason you need Jamal Crawford is those limited minutes that he will be effective. So with Lou Williams, yes, Lou Williams could give you thirty minutes a game if needs be. But all we need is when Lou Williams is on his last seven, eight minutes that he got in his body, I can put a Jamal Crawford in in on him. And now we're even again. Because I don't have, think about it, the Lakers don't have nobody coming off the bench that could mess up with Lou Williams for seven, eight minutes. I mean, not seven, eight minutes, for 30 minutes or 25. We don't have nobody right now. We don't even have nobody that could go with him in spurts. Correct? True, true indeed, true. So, so why 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 give up? Enough, why, why say I cold? Well, just you know, we're not even going to tape up the hole. We're just going to let let it keep on pouring out. Why do that instead of say, hey, you know what? We can tape up the hole and hold it for a little while. May not hold it forever, but you hold it for a little while. And when you think about everybody else who they have, like. Anthony Davis LeBron James Dwight Howard um uh, Kyle Kuzma, who's Javon. starting to look a little
4: good. he started off on a shaky start, but he's well, starting to melt back. He, he was in, injured, you know what I'm saying? So, it's, it, you know, he <laughs> wasn't, you know, and I think they were smart for bringing long, you know, slowly, but you know, you got, you know, you yeah, still man. got Pope on the team, you know, Rondo, still doesn't shoot, but you, I like Ron Rondo you because he's steady. You know, Ron Rondo's a steady hand, you got Danny Green, a yeah, steady kidding. guy, but you, I hear what you're saying. Like, you don't got nobody that can come off and you cook.
2: Have- yeah, you, you, don't, you don't got nobody saying, I, 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 I can lock him up. Nobody's going to... You got people who, who are all in spurts. Bang, bang, bang. Right. Rondo in spurts. And so all you need is another seven minutes. Another seven minutes with a possible scorer. on Because Rondo, as great as Rondo is, he's not known as a scorer. You know no, no, I mean? no, 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 exactly. You know,
4: he's never been. He's never been a scorer.
2: is right. all highlights. Every time he's scores, is a highlight, right? Because it's all a trickery, right? And it looks great, but at the same point in time, he's not going to be the person that you to say, "All right, cool, I could get 15 points a game with him," right? But if he could give you sevens, and you could get seven from somewhere else, why not take that?
5: Right.
4: All right. So let's so let's get yeah. let's get past the Lakers a bit. I want I, I do want to talk talk to you about James Wise Wiseman the. Uh, the, uh, the the kid from Memphis, who actually played yes. the first twelve games of the season, and then the situation with uh, Penny Hardaway being a former booster and had a had a relationship with his family, and you know you know uh, yeah. you know you know Penny paid for some uh, I think some travel expenses to move his mom to a th- different um, city or whatever. So basically, yeah. Wiseman made the decision. To to you know he had a court he at a court um he uh, he's you know, he fighting the NCAA in court then he dropped he dropped the he dropped the suit after he dropped the suit he said he was gonna come back they they say he can come back I think in January but then he just announced the other day that he's not coming back at all he's not coming back back, back to college uh, basketball he's just gonna prepare for, for the draft like right? what's your opinion yeah. on this whole on, like, Wiseman, but the larger issue of the NCAA not necessarily being a vessel for the best players in in high high school basketball anymore. Yeah, uh, I think,
2: my, here's my position on it. First off, congratulations, congratulations, Wiseman. Good move, good move, 100%, good move. You should have did it. As soon as they started talking, sure, he's an Call I'm going to the NBA. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, the empty two A, they're they're hustling. They they're literally out here robbing people. They these kids deserve more, but they get less. Right. True. They deserve they deserve something. Now, Anthony Hardaway from what I understand about the situation at the time, he wasn't coaching with Memphis. No, he was. He was just an alumnus right? Exactly. And, and he ran the AAU, he had an AAU club, which James Wiseman played for. Now, me myself, I'm a coach for an AAU team as well. I know that if one of these girls come to me and say that, "Hey, my mom didn't send any money with me. I need something to eat. I'm gonna buy, I'm to something to eat." Right. You know. Right. If we're going, uh, if we're going on a tournament, and your parents can't pay for them to go. If I have the funds, I'm going to pay for them to go. The, the simple fact of the matter is, as an AAU coach, your responsibility to your, to your players is you're more than just a coach. You're kind of like a, uh, a, a father figure to some of them. Right, a mentor. Uh, a mentor. Right. So, so it's kind of like when you when these kids are in need, if you have it, why not be able to help them? But the the NC two A looks at it like, oh well, they're taking they bribes, and it, it makes them it makes them when they're dishonest in a way in the light of the NC two A. But let's look at what the NC two A is doing. They're quick to use your name, they're quick to use your number to your likeness, so they can gain money and give you nothing. How honest is that? I mean, and a... they, what they you is an education. Which, if you had the money, couldn't you pay for it yourself? Right. But
4: think about something, right? Back. <laughs> yes. if, if, mm-hmm. if, 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 if someone gave any kid in school $50,000 to build an app, right? Mm-hmm. And that app be mm-hmm. made $250 million, right? You would just call that a good investment, right? Yeah. All right, so... Let's look at it the same way. If I gave a kid $50,000 because I know he's going to make $250 million down the line, you would call that a good investment, right?
2: Yes. What's the difference? Hold on. Let me, but let's put it this way. Mark Zuckerberg invented Facebook during the time that he was attending uh, Harvard. Right. Right? They didn't kick him out of Harvard. Exactly. He made millions over it. They made money over it. They did kick him out. They did kick him out. Exactly. Yeah, no, you, can't be. you can't be a student here no more. You say, whoa, 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 whoa. You making money now over there? Nah, you can't, you can't go to class no more. You got to pay for class now. Your scholarships are going to be taken away. It didn't work that way. But it works this way for these athletes. And it's crazy. the reason being, they feel like these athletes are their their property. So until they can... Until they are willing to maximize as much money as they can off of this property, right? Get an investment tool to them to the school. It is no different, and I know this is a hot take, but it is no different than when Duke University was utilized buying slaves in order to go ahead and expand the market of their actual school. They're doing the same thing with these athletes. They're buying these athletes to help expand their school and the marketability of their school.
5: Right.
2: And I'm so happy that LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton were so wise to say, you know what? We're not gonna put the money further into the NC two A's pockets. We're going to the NBL. NBL is doing amazing. It's on Viceland. Right. It's on it's showing up on ESPN lately. It's been on, you know, it's they're all over the place. They got their own little uh they got their own little segment where you're watching them on Facebook Watch. It's crazy. They are now their own thing, and they're making money over there. And a lot of these high school kids is watching this. I know. So, I know. And, and and the funny thing is, the NBA and the NC2A are so in cahoots that it's insulting what they've been offering these kids. They're saying, "Hey, come play in the NC2A where you can't make any money for one year, just so we can make money." Right, and or, 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 like, or right, come cool, to the G League cool. and make thirty five
4: thousand, which makes no sense either. Like either come or to, if you want to select
2: five, you get one hundred and fifty. You get 150000
5: you said
4: you said what? One
2: hundred fifty thousand. If you want to know, you get one of those select contracts. You what? know the five select contracts that they give. Right. right. They get five, they get of those five select contracts. You get one
5: hundred and fifty
2: thousand. You get one of those five select contracts. No, Think about this.
4: Go
5: ahead.
2: RJ Hampton did more than that his first week down there in the NBL. Really? That is an an absolute insult. And here's the worst part about it. They don't have anybody, they don't have another voice, another polarizing voice in their corner. And they could. No. They could. No, they could have a voice that's needed that's going to keep people at home. Think about this. Well, there's a league.
4: Go go ahead. Go ahead. You got it.
2: If if they invested in the WNBA, really invested in it, I'm talking get get the wages up. Now they're no longer fighting that front. Now you have an ally in the WNBA. You create a WNBA G League. Now you have an ally. So now the women are coming back from overseas and playing here. Right. So the men are going to start doing the same. The reason that there's a lot of men overseas, they hear about how much money the women make over there. It's different. Women make a lot of money overseas. Men barely make it. They make money here. So they want to get back here, but they need a platform. And you cannot give them a platform by paying them pennies. And if you're paying their female counterparts pennies also, everybody's running overseas. Everybody's like, we can make money overseas if you're going to pay us pennies or nothing here. And so if you're not the top one or two on a roster and coming out of college, you already know I'm going overseas. Right. If I'm not going to go into the G League, Right. there's no reason to go into the G League. You know? I could I have a better chance of making it in the NBA if I go play in Italy.
4: Right, exactly. So it's this new league that David West has called the HBL so and his league is pretty much a, a counter to the ncaa they can they can pay players anywhere between fifty thousand and a hundred and fifty thousand a year it's going to be a team it's going to have eight 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 teams up and down the east coast i think from like atlanta to boston would you advise if they could get a, like a like a contract with like a Vice or a Hulu or someone, would you advise a player to play in a league similar to? I mean, similar to that.
2: Yeah, I would advise players to play in a lot more grassroots league like that because, truthfully, the N C two A is so big now. It's kind of like, what are you really picking from? You're picking. The talent pool that you're picking from is so saturated. Right. You don't have too many out players. Every school has at least two or three players that are absolutely amazing. Every school. Right. So in Italian, you can't just pick from – and you can't pick from colleges alone. So now you're picking from all over the world. So there's always this hidden gem that nobody knows about, that that nobody gets a chance to see because they're not playing in N C two NCAA – they're like a 10th man on the roster in the G League right. nobody gets to really see them because they don't develop you know right. when you stop and think about how many players that nobody knew about that cause look think about this if it wasn't for UCLA we wouldn't have heard of Russell Westbrook. yeah yeah
4: he, he was, was he, had that, he, he was, was only know, the division <laughs> one uh, uh uh scholarship right the only one he got right yeah. Every
2: nobody else wanted him in Division One. Right. Five nine, five nine, not that athletic, you know, super athletic, but five nine. Come on, nobody wants that. Right? They saw something different. Right. Think about it, and that's the thing. It, you can't sit here and say that none of these players can ball. The prime of your athletic ability, and it, and as it a coach now, I realize this. When you're training players, they're not super athletic. They're super athletic when they're 18, 19, 20, but their mind is not there yet. Right. You know? So, think about this. Now, uh, you, you you play ball, still, right, You say what? You know what I mean. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. You play ball. Yeah. Now, when you go out to play ball, don't you wish your body could do the things that your mind can see now?
4: Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> exactly. And the...
2: And the the longer you play in the game, the more your mind develops. All right. So what they need is exposure, in-game exposure. Keep on putting themselves into situations where your mind will develop. So you have that veteran mentality coming out of uh, H- an HBL or coming out of an MBL right. You have more of a veteran mentality. Because I'm gonna tell you the truth, hands down, right now, if you're taking a look at both of the both of their professional careers. I'm going to have to say LaMelo Ball
5: is a better
4: professional than Alonzo. If you think about it, that's a crazy... Yo, what a statement right there. That's a really good statement because LaMelo has been a professional since he's been 15 years old.
2: Right? Yeah, And he had a better professional career than Lonzo had. Damn, that's a hell
4: of a statement. He's had a better professional career than Alonzo Ball. But that's a really... But that's a true... That's a true statement.
2: And I'm not talking about money-wise. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking, talking about... about
4: production
2: and, and, and impact. Yeah. And, and his development as well. Look at LaMelo Ball coming out of Lithuania. Look at LaMelo Ball now. Look at Lonzo coming out of UCLA, and look at Lonzo now.
4: Mm, that's a really strong statement right there. Yeah, but he has been a better if pro. You... He
2: has been a better pro. If you had two picks, you had one pick to make, and it was Lonzo Bull and Lamelo Ball. Think about this: who would you pick up? I'm taking Lamelo. Hands down. Hands down. I tell you what, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I well, I I hey, if I have like a second pick or if I have a third pick, I pick up. I'll pick up Lonzo. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying Lamelo is so has so much more of an upside. But the thing is, is he was able to develop in a pro manner whereas Lonzo was either injured or benched
5: right exactly
2: so he had zero development
4: right because he was in the college side <laughs> setting first and he never truly developed in w- with the Lakers like yeah. that was just a shit show out there during that time with him and his yeah, father he the it's is
2: nonsense he, so and, and with the whole thing that was going on with Matt it, there was a lot going on over there where it impeded his development. He didn't start developing until he got over to uh, Alvin Century and the New Orleans Pelicans. And even over here, with the injuries, it slowed the development down.
5: Right.
2: No, they the number one build, uh, ability is availability.
4: Of course, of course. And, and that's the thing with Lonzo is that he can't stay on the court and, you know, he just hasn't been... I mean, even when he's been on the court, he hasn't been as effective as I thought. Levin, as, as As I thought, Alonzo was going to be. Like I thought, Alonzo was going to be a really, if not anything, a decent facilitator, like a a twelve assist guy. But even still, he isn't even yeah. that. He's not even that. You know.
2: And prior to Lamello's recent injury, his recent foot injury, he dropped what two triple doubles in a row, and came pretty close on one, and pretty close on the third game for a triple double. Right. You know, yeah. This, he's he's showing production. He's showing he's developing. He's showing he's he's showing against professional athletes against grown men. He is the better player.
4: Right, and he's been and doing this, this game. Yeah. Right, he's been yeah. doing this since he's fifteen mm-hmm. years old. He's just like you said. He's been in a professional mind state since he's been fifteen, sixteen years old.
2: Now, with that said. This is a topic that I that I always talk about. It I always wonder about. With that said, do we start doing what the European countries do and start professionalizing our kids at fifteen, or do we just wait till they're eighteen and see how much money we can make off of them?
4: So you want, so you so want to start like they, you want to start like like almost like basketball academies. <laughs> Yeah. you but but yeah, you know I, but if you I, did I, that wouldn't that wouldn't that impact the aau circuit if you if you start starting it it's kind of like certain these academies where you know guys would go to class let say six hours a day and you and you play basketball six like six hours a day and you know over time yeah.
5: you know
2: doesn't it and the good thing is, it would affect the AAU circuit. It would. And sure this would. would. But it needs to. Because the AU circuit is more about flash than anything else. I have one of the few AAU clubs who, always, who only focus on development. Right. It's not about flash. It's not about winning. It's about developing. Developing. Getting these kids develop to the next level. And most clubs, most AAU clubs don't think about that.
1: Their whole
2: mindset is... About winning. We need... Yeah, we need to win. We need to get sponsorships. So, sponsorships comes with winning. Now, once an AU club is out there looking for sponsorships, I'm telling you, it changes everything. Now, if you have little local sponsorships, that's different. You know, like uh, Mom and Pop's Pizzeria, right. that's different.
4: Right, right, right. But
2: they're looking at just like Adidas and Nike, your goal now is no longer to provide a level of excellence. It is now, you, not a, I'm sorry, a level of development. Now it is to have a level of excellence. You have to bring, you have to recruit players. You can't develop players anymore. Right. You need the best players around. And the way you get these best players around, because these sneaker companies want the best players wearing their shoe. They don't want that kid that's developing wearing their shoe. They want the best players wearing their shoe. So... Your mindset changes as an AAU coach, and it killed. It, and to be honest with you, when the sneaker companies came in and started offering, they uh, started offering sponsorships to the AAU coaches. I think hands down, they killed the AAU. That took away development. So and and now in high school and middle school is the same.
4: So you will be in agreement with setting up a series of basketball academies throughout the country. And you know,
2: mm-hmm.
4: you know, and funnel a system of just development in terms of skill players the way they do in, 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 like a Euro standpoint, or what what they're doing now in in Africa where where they're trying to develop these kind of like these sports academies so they can develop the skills and develop the skills of yeah, the like, game, like
2: China and uh and, and actually in Europe on a whole, in yeah, Europe as a whole, in, right? Asia, in Africa, and they, on a whole, they, they have these academies. That's why these kids yeah. are catching up so quickly. Right. They're catching up because they're learning the fundamentals of the game. Think about this. Think about this. How many players come into the league not knowing how to shoot a free throw? A ton. That is the, that is the most fundamental part of basketball. You're supposed to learn that Regardless of what you play You have to learn that at the age of 7 years old That is the first shot you learn is a free throw First is a free throw And then is a layup And how many of you do not know how to Properly do a layup or shoot a free throw But they're in the league Because they can jump Right. But Blake Griffin Think about this Blake Griffin's brother was a better Fundamental player than he was Blake Griffin made it into the league his brother didn't even. Get, nobody even heard of his brother. Everybody well, Blake
4: was an athletic freak, <laughs> though. That's. I mean, Blake was still an athletic exactly. freak. He was
2: exactly. He was, he was more an of an athlete. And <laughs> hey, that is the thing. That's what they want. They oh, want the oh yeah. Well, okay. Like, so, yeah. well,
4: well, it's well. You know that. but that all stems from. You know? The athlete always wins out. In basketball. Yeah. And that's and that has always yeah. been kind of like the Achilles heel of the game is that they like the athlete you got to skill up the athlete, whereas you don't focus on the guy who has the most on who who automatically has the most skill. You know and I'm saying so athleticism is is reign supreme in this game. And that's the and that and that's I mean that's been going back since Jordan. I mean Jordan kind of like changed all of that. Like that's the epitome of the of, of the MJ era. Was trying to find the next great athlete. I got to find the next, not necessarily the nope. next Jordan, but the, just the next great athlete. And it's became an athlete-focused, driven game ever since that time. And you, that's why you get guys like Jonathan Bender, you know what I'm saying, who you just focus on his athleticism and you don't really peep off his skills and things like that. i just threw a name out there. But, you know what I'm saying? But that's why you... And,
2: and, and, no, I, I agree. 100% is like... And the thing was, Jordan made so much money for the league, they had to. They had to sit there and say, yeah, we need something athletic like him. But when you took a look at the details of Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was... He was one of the first athletic athletes to focus on every detail of the game. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Winning... Right. And it's just like that commercial... That maybe commercial that he had, remember the uh, Jordan Twenty yep. uh, for the Jordan Twenty, when mm-hmm. he came out with the Maybe commercial, right? Maybe I maybe I made you I thought it was easy. Maybe that was the case. Maybe we all got caught up with him jumping and doing all of this. We we didn't see the magic trick that he was putting on, putting on in front of us. That you have to be a detailed player yep. to make all of this athleticism look good. Yep, you know. I think that's because exactly. of that. Because we were blinded by the athleticism, the Harold Miners started sneaking into the league. Hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, Excellent point. Yep. <laughs> and, and that's what ended up happening. We, we lost sight of the fact that he combined two eras at once, and, an era that we didn't know what was coming up. We didn't know the era was coming up, the era of the athletic basketball player, the super athletic basketball player. But he combined the athletes from the ABA and the skill of the the point guards in the NBA. It was like the merger happened all over again in nineteen eighty four. Indeed. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a great the there too. <laughs> true merger, And then the the then that then the merger of the athlete. And that yeah. happened in nineteen eighty four. And once that merger took place Basketball was never the same.
5: Indeed, indeed.
2: Because every merger, the more dominant, the more dominant company wins, right? Right. But when you had a merger of the detailed athlete and the athletic athlete, that the athletic athlete won, and the detailed athlete started falling off, and they start having all these the athletic athletes. Then you get Blake Griffin's coming in, who could jump out. You could jump out of the building until they get hurt and it's like now they have to learn how to play basketball you gotta learn how to play
4: basketball you, know? right. you, gotta, you gotta build your skills exactly exactly yo man this has been great bro this has been awesome man uh, we can I've do this I mean there, like literally uh, like me and you could pretty much do this probably for another three hours cause I gotta like I have at least 20 more questions for you and we've already been on the mic for like an hour and a half
2: <laughs> like we've just been running right through this joint I get I love talking basketball. I love talking basketball with somebody else who likes to talk basketball, and it, I, I agree with you, Malik. I could do this for hours and hours and hours. But guess what? This is not going to be my first appearance on your show. No, not, not at all. I have, not at and, all. It's not gonna be my first appearance. I'm sorry. It is my first appearance, not my last.
5: But
4: not your hey, last. I want
2: you to come on my show. We're gonna continue this. I want you to keep throwing me questions. I'm gonna throw you questions. We're gonna have a great time.
4: Indeed, indeed. Swap so <laughs> here fishing the building. This is my man, man, Coach Drew. Hey, yo, hey, yo, Drew, real, real quick, if you let everybody know where can they find the ball court podcast, the world of basketball, where can they find it?
2: Yes, you can find me on CWNSports.com, ILR Radio. Just look up Ball Court. I am right there. You'll see my smiling face. And also, also, I want everybody to tune in. We're going to have a new podcast coming out. We dropped our first episode for the Christmas episode for the Ball Court. It was uh, Let's Kick It. It's going to be a sneaker show. It's going to be so off the hook. I got my man, JT, the sneaker guy. He's going to be on there. Hey, it, it's going to be a crazy show that's also going to be on CWNSports.com. And hey, if you're listening to Malik, that means you're listening to the fire. Keep on listening, y'all. Keep on hey,
5: listening. Indeed, indeed. We're Smart
4: people are fishing them. in the building. This is my main man, Coach Drew, out in Vegas, killing it right now. West Coast, up early in the morning. That's how we do it. You know what I'm saying? That is how we do it. Indeed. Have my coffee and everything. Indeed. This is the Blissman Podcast, Goku <laughs> Radio. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yo, Drew, man, thank you so much. Your words and your wisdom are greatly appreciated, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your for your time time for, for your time today, bro. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you. Hey. Thank you. I I'm, I'm
2: glad I was able to come on, man. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate the, your hospitality. DWN Sports, check out the Blitz. He's a killer. Indeed, hey, indeed. And you have yourself Merry Christmas.
4: Do your thing. Have a great one, man. Same here, man. Peace and blessings to you, bro. Thank you so much. Hey. Oh man, shoot! I'm, I hate when I do that. This is smart people fixing the buildings. This is the Bushman Podcast, Gock War Radio. We go wait, wait, wait. But I'm with some smart people staying in the building. That was my main guy, Coach Drew. Ball Court Podcast, the world of basketball. Yo, two, we did it again. We did it. This is the Bushman Podcast, Gock War Radio special edition segment, midday edition. That's what we do. We go, wait, 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 Brianna, what's this? My people stay in the building. Fly sports talk, not dry sports talk, you heard. This is a CWN Sports
5: Network presentation.